welcome. You are listening to OPOD's Occupational Health Podcast. This is a podcast series by the Occupational Health Clinics for Ontario Workers, where we discuss the challenges of current and emerging trends in occupational health and offer effective prevention strategies to empower workers. My name is Dwayne Fuchs. I'm a registered kinesiologist and the ergonomist at the OCAL Clinic here in Thunder Bay. And I'm Melissa Statham, Canadian Certified Professional Ergonomist and an OCAL Ergonomist at the Windsor Clinic. Well, Dwayne, how did you sleep last night? Well, same as usual, I guess. Not the best, though. I always feel like an old lady when I get up, but maybe I am. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we both know you're considerably younger than I am, so... Wait till you get to my age. but so, <laughs> Well, why do you think we even really need sleep? Well, when we wake up and we don't sleep well, we're obviously tired. But when we sleep, that's the time that our body repairs itself, right? That's when we recharge both physically and mentally. It's when we rebuild all of our systems and we recuperate from the breakdowns of all the things, both physically and mentally, that we had to go through throughout the day. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When you look at time that's required for sleeping at different age ranges, so when we look at working population, say 18 to 65 years, you need about seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Do you think you're even getting that? Well, I don't think I get that, no. But as you age, the sleep experts say that you don't require as much sleep. And that's because our bodies don't have the same ability to recuperate. When you're looking at children, especially infants, they tend to require more sleep because they're in the growing stages. But I personally don't think I get that much sleep, but it all depends on the quality of sleep that I'm getting as well. You think you get enough sleep? Uh, I don't know. I definitely am a hit and miss of the nights that I sleep well. And I do think it correlates to what I do during the day. And we'll get on that too, as far as what you do the day of that you go to bed that night, which makes you have a better sleep. But in general, when we look at Canadian adults, one in four adults aged 18 to 34, one in three, 35 to 64 are not getting enough sleep. One in two adults have trouble sleeping or actually going to sleep or staying asleep. And often people people sleep and they don't find it refreshing. So you're not getting that quality of sleep that you really need. But why do you think that is? You would think something that we have to do every day, you would think we would be getting the sleep, but that's sleep. Well, I think too, like you feel like you can fall asleep, right? But then you're so tired, but then it doesn't happen not getting enough sleep can be super frustrating. But they do say that some of the reasons for insufficient sleep in adults is that we can be more sedentary as we get older. And when you're not burning as much throughout the day or doing as much rather, then you're not going to get that adequate sleep. Yeah. And they also say that if you have stress problems or thinking about things too much, that you also don't get a lot of sleep or as good a quality of sleep. But I wonder, Melissa, do you think that this is a really good time to be addressing sleep and the ergonomics of sleep? Because those couple of things we just said, those things have increased a lot in the last few years with the COVID pandemic. People aren't doing as much outside and obviously a lot of people are stressed. So do you think maybe people are getting less and less efficient at with their sleep now that we're in this global predicament we're in? We have a lot more weighing on us. Everything is so different. And you would think that, in all honesty, 
I know we're kind of pushing our way outside of it, but during the pandemic, we had nothing to do in a sense. So we didn't have those activities to get us to burn more calories and all that and get a good sleep. Uh, But we had a lot more weighing on our minds. So that quality of sleep was probably a lot more disruptive uh, than it ever had been. And this whole idea of sleep deprivation can be a huge issue uh, when it comes to different workplace accidents. Yeah. And why though? What exactly is it that when we don't sleep properly causes these potential issues in terms of, well, workplace accidents, not being able to think properly, those types of things. What do you think are the major points for that? I feel like when you don't get enough sleep, even when you don't even think of just sleeping at night, but when you get tired throughout the day, everything starts slowing down. So your processing, your cognitive processing and decision making, everything slows down that reaction time. And when you have those crucial things, depending on your occupation, even if you look at an air traffic controller, people that need to make decisions, they need to make them timely and they need to be correct. It could be very detrimental if they are fatigued. So do you think it's true that I've heard people say that if you're sleep deprived, you basically are almost functioning as if you're intoxicated? For sure. I do think there's a comparison there. You're just not moving at the same pace. You're not thinking clearly at all. It really does, that coming back full circle to why we need sleep, sleep really does recharge us completely, both physically and mentally. We said earlier, that's the whole reason that our bodies are force ourselves in order to sleep, right? I just want to go back a little bit here. So if we're not sleeping properly and we are sleep deprived, are there any things that we can specifically do to try to sleep a little better? I mean, obviously trying to avoid stimulants and and things like caffeine and those types of things, but what are some other things that we could do to try to get better, more efficient sleep, especially in, you know, in these times when we may be more sedentary than regular? I think that the starting point is to not be sedentary, to exercise regularly. Exercising is great for not just physically, but mentally, and it helps with us sleeping more. If we burn more calories throughout the day, you also want to look at the environment in which you're sleeping. So your room, I mean, you want to have potentially a reduction in noise. You know, I know some people sleep with their TV on, um, and that's fine for some people, but for others that might be too noisy, that might be too bright. You might need some blood blackout curtains. And two, you want to look at any type of medications that you might be taking because some types of medications can actually lead you to be able to stay up longer. They act more as stimulants rather than, you know, having the lows that'll be allowed you to sleep a little bit more. I guess if I tried to avoid having those uh, mid-afternoon naps, um, <laughs> probably, probably help. would help me as well, eh? kind of want to have those those regular bedtime and wake time, you know, have that consistent schedule, even as adults, not just children, having a consistent schedule helps too. Yeah, that all makes sense for sure. So then I didn't realize that that many people didn't get enough sleep. So how does that affect us physically? I mean, we talked about the cognitive aspects of it and being tired, and not really thinking as well or being as sharp. But what if I already have some sort of musculoskeletal injury or something like that? How does not sleeping enough affect the pain I might be in? It's a tricky question just because when you have an 
musculoskeletal disorder, often pain is one of those symptoms that you're experiencing. And we talked about earlier that we need to have sleep to be able to rebuild our muscles and get all of the waste products out. But we also have this pain often that can be associated with going to sleep, which can make it difficult for people with any kind of injury to fall asleep. Because if you're in some type of discomfort, you tend to mentally start thinking about that. Um, Often people that are in pain have a hard time staying asleep. So you may be able to fall asleep, but then it may wake you up. And then you have that whole aspect of waking up too early. So then you're getting insufficient sleep. It's really this kind of almost a, a vicious circle which then can create some mental problems on top of that. Yeah, so it's it's like a cycle, right? So you don't sleep, so you don't recuperate, so you feel more pain. You feel more pain, you get more frustrated, so you're more stressed, so you sleep less. It's a vicious circle. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we're here. You know, building on that and kind of introducing this whole idea of musculoskeletal disorders, we should back it up and start there. What is a musculoskeletal disorder? Well, basically, it's a disorder or an injury of the musculoskeletal system, which is made up of the muscles, tendons, ligaments, joints, your vertebral system, your nerves, and other tissues within your body. So basically, a musculoskeletal disorder is when there's some sort of an injury to that, whether it be a long-term injury, whether it take place over a shorter period of time or whether it's a chronic type injury. So that's very important to know that those types of things are what we're going to try to be looking at and avoiding in terms of what we're looking at in terms of sleep. We're talking about different strains and sprains, neck strain, shoulder bursitis, uh, back issues, carpal tunnel. Is that what we're talking about when we look at musculoskeletal disorders? Yes, exactly. And things that affect those systems. And when we're looking at things that might be affected due to poor sleep um, and or poor ergonomics in relation to sleep, you nailed it. Those are the things that will be affected most from sleeping poorly. You'll have potentially neck pain, back pains or strains. You're going to have some shoulder issues. Obviously, When you have shoulder issues, they might run down through your arm, your carpal tunnel, into your elbow, those types of things as well. So when we're looking at ergonomics, Melissa, and we're looking at trying to avoid getting some sort of a musculoskeletal disorder, what are the types of things that we need to try to avoid and address so that we don't end up with these musculoskeletal disorders? Well, the first thing I think of is posture because... I'll tell you, if I wake up in the middle of the night, my back hurts, it's most likely because sometime I've flipped my stomach. And we'll talk about it in a follow-up podcast, but that's the worst position to be sleeping in. So awkward postures, which often when you're sleeping are hopefully static because you don't want to be tossing and turning all night, I feel like could potentially be the worst risk factors when you're sleeping. You want to make sure that you're maintaining these neutral postures and it can be difficult when you're sleeping because obviously you're not aware of how you're laying down, right? Because consciously you're hopefully dreaming. Um, (laughs) No, but don't you think posture is the worst one, Dwayne? Well, absolutely. I mean, if you're sleeping well, or we hope to be sleeping or in a sleeping position for six, seven hours, eight hours a day, Um, if you're in poor postures, as ergonomists, we know that poor posture is one of the biggest risk factors to obtaining musculoskeletal injuries. I mean, posture is going to by far be the biggest 
risk in terms of uh, becoming injured and getting a, a you know a sleeping injury or do you think there's any other risk factors I kind of think it filters in if you have those awkward postures you're going to have increased force in those areas so i think those two kind of go together when you're sleeping you know you often hear of um, people if they fall asleep with their hand under if you're sleeping on your side and your hands underneath your head you'll wake up and your you know your arm could fall asleep but the force put on there and would also be considered contact stress too, don't you think? Well, of course, if anybody, and I'm sure everybody has at some point, have to sleep on a floor or on something that's really, really hard. Nothing feels nice when you're... No, not especially once you're over 40. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been over 40 for a long time, so I I know what it's like. Um, But then what about something like, I mentioned it earlier, that it's something that we do every day. So it's, it's constant. I mean, the repetition of having to sleep every day when you combine these other factors that we spoke about, you know, the awkward postures and having to hold them for long periods of time along with the contact stress and the forces, having to do this, every it's something that has to be done every day. I mean, we breathe constantly in order to live. We, we must sleep every day. So I think it's a large combination of all of those risk factors that can potentially cause issues. And I think that's why it's also very important to make sure you're sleeping with the proper tools. So you have the proper equipment, you have the proper mattress, you have the proper pillows. You need to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success when you go to go to sleep in order to wake up healthy, feeling recharged, feeling, you know, mentally able to deal with the the next day. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And what you said nailed it. I think we really need to address those factors. So why don't we do a follow-up podcast so that we can start talking about specific postures while we sleep, talk about beds and pillows and those types of things so that we can be providing people with some advice on how to sleep or how to set yourself up a little bit better so that potentially don't end up with musculoskeletal injuries due to sleep. Sounds great, Dwayne. Okay, well then we will end it right here and then uh, hopefully everybody will look forward to our upcoming podcast where we'll, we'll get into a little more details on how to sleep a little bit healthier and a little better. For more information about this podcast, including show notes and companion materials, go to our website, www.ohcow.on.ca. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast channel to ensure you receive notification of our latest episode. As well, check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you for joining us.